Yeah, just sitting in the prayer room this morning, it was just so clear that it's all about Jesus. And it doesn't matter if I go to Old Testament, New Testament, Genesis, Revelation, it's all about Jesus. And it's just so free. Because is there any better person to speak about than Jesus? There is no topic of conversation that holds more power and intrigue than Jesus. And if there is, well, maybe we need to like lean in and get to know him a little bit better. Because there is no relationship, there is no spouse, there is no child, there is no grandchild. I know that's hard to believe. But there is nothing that compares to Jesus. Because guess what? When I'm sitting on my own all alone and there's nobody else around, the only one who's with me in my thoughts is Jesus. He is the one who fashions and shapes and molds and makes me who I am. So if there's anything in my life that I'm not happy with, perhaps I haven't submitted that to Jesus. And I know that in the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Kirk, we've just, he's been speaking about getting this right, not listening to the noise, and getting our minds with the opinions and conspiracy theories of everybody else around, and just getting into what actually really, really matters, and that is the Word of God, and that we need to get ourselves there. For the past six weeks, um, there's a group of girls who've been getting together, and uh, we've been doing a course called called um, Girls with Swords, right? Not Girls with Sticks. Um, <laughs> and um, we've taken authority over sticks and stones that we try and break about them. We attack it with the Word of God that tells us that you have no right. So that's the fun with Jesus, is that He comes and He equips us with His Word, which is our sword, and He comes and He places us in a situation that we can just be a burning light and a glimmer of hope in this very, very lost and broken world. I don't think that there is a person on this earth that cannot be affected by the horrific things that are taking place around the world that we are just so oblivious of. I mean, I think if you just mention Afghanistan in a conversation, especially with a group of believers, because we understand, and perhaps we haven't understood, which is probably sadder, the freedom that we have to walk out our own relationship with God without fear. Without fear, there was somebody who posted a picture on Instagram, and it was of, and this is not, I'm not having anything at anybody's face, it was the image that I saw, and it was a, a, a person, obviously the woman, standing on the, on the beach, completely in her full attire, and the husband was in the, in the sea swimming with the child, and they were like, what do you see when you see the picture? And the first thing that came to mind was death. It is, is it not crazy that the enemy would come to rob your identity and to, to just snuff out every bit of goodness that there is in your life that God has got for you? And we get to live this every day. We get to look at our children and go, you're free. It's like, yes, well, you're going to be the best woman that you can ever be. You're going to be the best mom that you can ever be. You're going to be a granny one day. Imagine that one, babe. Um, I mean, that's just scary. You've got to play a team and you've got to drive. But the reality is that there is everything. We have the opportunity here and now on this earth to be everything that God has destined us to be here. That does not mean that it is the end of the road for all of those who are in bondage. Because guess what? They probably encounter Jesus and have this hope burning inside of them greater than what we do. Because they understand the weight. They understand that if they just get a page torn out of this Bible and that's all that they have, they will eat those words, literally, so that it can be with them. How much is Jesus with you? 
How much is he in you? How much of this in the last few weeks that Pastor Kurt has been speaking have you been able to take to heart and actually go, I need to do these things, but somehow, somewhere, I never seem to actually hit the victory point. You sit there and you think, I need to forgive. John came to me during worship and she said she would just check out there were some things that would just hinder people from actually just walking in this in this room. And that's where we're going to go to this morning is in Hebrews 12, where it says, Therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a, a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, and that is you and I. Scorning and shaming, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we like to stop there and go, well, you know, well, thank you, Jesus, I will keep my eyes fixed on you. I'm going to run. I'm going to throw off, because this sounds really good when you're in a meeting, right? I'm going to throw off everything that hinders me, and I'm going to get on with this, and I'm going to keep going. But I think it's important that we read things in context and continue, because he says, in your struggle against sin, because there will be a struggle, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My sons, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts. I mean, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. We want to throw off everything that entangles us. We want to run in the freedom. We stand in a meeting and we shout that we have victory and we walk out and somehow we just seem to spiral back into an old learned pattern of behavior. And we can't understand why. Is it possible that we are not leaning into and accepting the discipline of our Father? Discipline is training, believe it or not. I've heard it said that the power of a word is not so much in the words that are spoken, but the imagery that's actually attached to it. So when we think discipline, we immediately step into the parent-child role, and not so much how we discipline our children, but how we were disciplined as children, and what that looked like. And so many times it is it is punishment, it is it is, um, it is a sense of abuse of rights. I mean, we live in a society today where everybody has a right for everything and, and there's no more line to be drawn with everything. So what are you disciplined? Which you can't discipline. But the truth is, is that if you want to walk in this freedom that God has for us, we have to be able to embrace the discipline that he brings alongside of that because the discipline is the very thing that trains. If you go and have a look at the, at the root word for discipline, it actually comes down to instructing those, train, and training them for something to reach their full potential and maturity. That is the very same word that we would find in 2 Timothy 3, um, where he speaks about all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. It is the same word, training and discipline. So if you want to be all that God has called you to be, perhaps we need to lean into the discipline 
And part of our girls with swords training that we're going through is learning the difference between soldiers and warriors. Don't worry guys, I'm not doing martial arts here on a Tuesday night. It's anything but that because we probably need to go to casualty every Tuesday night because one of us would probably do some damage. But the reality is, is that soldiers have a mentality of that of golden. They enlist for something, there is a period attached to it, and they will go. All they hear is the command that they need to follow, and that is it. Whereas a warrior is different. A warrior is a part. A warrior is somebody who leads in, who's enlisted for life. It is not just a time period. It's a life-driven goal that you are reaching into, and that you are prepared to go. Warriors have honor. Warriors have integrity. Warriors do make excuses. And again, if we go back to, and I've never been in the army, thank you Jesus for that. But when we go back and you hear the guys who speak about that time, there is not too much, yes, that was amazing. In actual fact, my heart bleeds for many of the men who went to, to the border many, many, many years ago. Because there is so much trauma attached to it. Because of the things they were forced to do and see and be a part of. And the shame is so great, they don't know how to part from that. But is that not true for us in our spiritual journey? That we have so much shame attached to the things that we have partnered with in the past. We don't know how to sever ourselves from that and move away from that. But the goodness of God comes in with the cross and the empty grave and He says, it is done. But now let's undo that learned behavior. Because yes, it's done. But I'm now going to train you in a new way. I'm now going to train you. If you take somebody out of a concentration camp, Okay, let's even get back. Let's get biblical because you guys may think I'm going down some crazy rabbit hole. Let's just go back to the Israelites. They came out of Egypt. They came out of bondage and slavery. And before anybody wants to tell me that the Old Testament is relevant and, and that the Ten Commandments aren't good for you, I just want to tell you, it was a love letter to these men and women who had been enslaved for hundreds of years. And he said, I want to teach you a new way to live. Where you have a voice and you have a heart and you have a right to be heard, but do it my way because my way is a better way. You cannot remove the cross from the Word of God. So, is it possible that we need to change our heart posture as to how we embrace this journey with God? How we embrace this Christian lifestyle because we want to be powerful people? I don't know about you. I'm sure you would like to make a difference when you speak to somebody. Would you like to be part of the solution? Guys, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a problem. If we've got a room full of Christians and we don't want to be part of the solution, if we don't believe that when we actually start to speak our thoughts, when we actually, actually allow the bubbling over of our heart, when we allow the springs of water to bubble out outside of us, that there is power inside of you. That when somebody needs prayer for healing, they don't need to come to church. They can just go, hey, Jesus, would you please pray for me? Sure, in Jesus' name be healed. Boom, done, walk away. Imagine. Why are we imagining this should be our normal lifestyle And I want to suggest that perhaps the very thing that hinders us and entangles us is our fear because we have not embraced the discipline that God needs so that we can sever our past and walk in everything who we are called to be. Yeah. One of the things, again, I have of course with swords is that the, the, the series starts, which you refer to, this is going to be all of your ages away.
Museum, a little bit older, many, many, many years ago, there was a movie called Terminator, and Sarah Connor, who had a very bad mullet and a very bad head, I mean, attire, she came out and she was like, why are you persecuting me? I haven't done anything. And the guy says, it's not about what you have done, it's about what you will do. And she had to either lean in and accept it, or run like crazy. And perhaps too many of us are still running like crazy instead of going, okay, I don't know what I can do, but I'm in for it. So whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. I was watching a documentary on Margaret Thatcher. Very interesting, because it's not kind of like where I normally go. But it was super interesting listening to this woman. Um, and now I'm not getting into politics, don't worry, I'm not going there. But there is, a, there is a moment because she's a very, very enthusiastic woman with a very high-pitched voice. Um, I'm sure we all know people like that. And um, I know that myself, when we, if we get excited, then it's easy to kind of like just use our sense of humour and just get a bit untidy, right? I'm sure you know what that looks like. Right. Okay, so anyway, so Margaret Thatcher, she believes she has this burning drive inside her to make a difference. So she's going to get in the face of everybody and in front of every man and she's going to go, I have a voice and I'm going to make a difference. So these men, there's a couple of men who come around and say, you can make a difference. She says, well, even if I don't win, because I don't expect to win, I mean, he's going to shake things up a little bit. And we're not going to stop there, but I want to pause there for a moment, because I think too many of us are happy to just come in and shake things up a little bit and not make a difference. Mm -hmm. What if we actually stopped shaking things up and actually made a difference? Yeah. What if you brought in the fullness of Jesus instead of just bringing in your water down on a portion of who you think it should be and what it should look like? What if we actually walked full of the power of the Spirit of God? What if we, if we actually walked around with full confidence and assurance of who He says we are and what He wants to do? Because He loves that person that you're looking at who's in need far more than what you ever could. Get it? He loves your spouse, he loves your family, he loves your children far more than what you ever could. And his love for you just leans in and empowers you to be able to reach across that. But anyway, so this guy says to you, he says, if you want to be the change to this party, lead it. If you want to be the change to this country, lead it. So what happens if the church has to decide that we're all going to lean in and lead it? What if we had to not just develop, because it's too easy to develop a culture in this world. What if we actually had to live a lifestyle of leading instead of following the trends that are happening around us. But there was something seriously important that Margaret Thatcher had to do. And that was she had to embrace critique of criticism and be prepared to change. So these men sit her down and she was not a little pushover, she was a propasty auntie. Um, and he says, this guy says to you, he says, what's crucial is not that you hold the course and stay, and stay true, you know, is that you stay, hold to the course and stay true to who you are and never be anything but yourself. But who are you? Who are you? So they have a look at this woman and they say, there are some things you need to do. First of all, you need to lose the hat. Shame. I mean, she honestly thought that her hats were clearly great and she said, got to do that, and you've got to go for vocal training. Because when you screech, you've got no authority. But when you can lower your register and speak calmly, you command an authority. 
Because you're not trying to prove a point anymore. Is it possible that as believers we keep trying to prove a point instead of just bringing the truth into the matter? Is it possible that when we listen to people around us, we, we try to like bring in the solution for them and kind of like be a Mr. Fix-It quickly, instead of actually just going, well, Holy Spirit, first of all, I know you don't need to know the difference between good and bad here, because that's pretty clear. I need to be able to discern the spirit behind the heart, and I need to be able to dress that in the authority that I have in Christ without making a big show of it. If you've gone and listened to anybody doing some crazy prayers and deliverance and casting and do, we need to do certain things, yes. But we come out of a charismatic movement that has really perverted a lot of the truth of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus spoke with authority, and it was done. The scripture says that as he is, so are we. The scripture says that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. The word of God says that he who died for the first is still dying, has died for all of us. He has redeemed us. He has removed our sin as far as what the east is from the west. I don't know why we keep picking it up and carrying those shackles around with us. It's, I actually said to the girls in my Jesus about it's like our cell phone. Our past is a bit like a cell phone. For most of us, whatever you're doing, your cell phone goes with you. It's in your pocket. If you're busy doing something, you quickly put it down before you leave. You pick it up again. You put it back in your pocket. You put it in your bag. You we constantly carry it around with us. For what? For what? Is it possible that if we could leave our past behind and look to the future that is filled with promise, we don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know the miracle that's waiting for you when you walk into spa after church. I watch those of you go to spa. And when you're walking out the door, nothing's been said yet. You look at the security guard like, are you the one? Perhaps we should look with such an eager anticipation about our God. Is it possible? Is it possible that there is an assignment when I go to spa, when I go to put in petrol, or when I walk into the workplace, or when I walk into my home? And is it possible that when things don't go my way, it's not because they're bad, but because God's disciplining you to see what's going to come to the surface out of your heart? And then not to get a nook about it, and go, hey, Sunday afternoon sleep because you're tired now, but to go, oh, God, what was that? What was that? And while you're journeying with him, he has this amazing thing that he's brought us into called the body, which means we don't walk alone, we have community. And we should have community where we can go out and say, hey, Sam, I'm not like journeying some stuff. And she'll go, hmm, seen that for a good few years, it's taken you long enough to get there. But you need these people who will do that. Happy birthday, Sam. And pretty is everything. And it's just, it's just so real that we need to be prepared to embrace the things that the only way that we see these things is by paying attention to what's happening in our little world. Margaret Thatcher, as we know, she leans into all of this critique that she gets from these men. And she becomes an incredible voice of authority in Great Britain's history. Would you not like to be a great voice in the history of mankind, Christianity, while you're still breathing here on this earth. Would you not like your children and grandchildren and your family to go, I don't feel like I can, but have you seen what Veronica did in her life? And I don't know what went wrong, I don't know what was any different. We grew up 
And there's something about her that brings about change. Did you see Bonnie? Did you see how she's lived her life out? We're too easy to see our shortcomings and our failures and see realizing that the goodness of God is all over us. That the power of Jesus is present and He's with us. And even when you don't feel like it, you can still give that away because He's in you. Not only for you, but also for the world around you. So perhaps we need to learn to calm down and lower our pitch. And take a deep breath. And partner with the discipline that God so freely and lovingly gives. Because discipline is not here to hurt you. And it is not here to punish you. Discipline is here to train you. Can you imagine if we raise our children, not looking at them thinking, now I need to get this discipline right. No, 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 no. I need to train them. Does the word of God not tell us to raise our children and to train them in the ways of the Lord and to live apart from them? I think that sometimes the imagery and our understanding of words has been so distorted and so perverted that we run away from it instead of running into it. She had a burning desire to make a change and was prepared to do the work, the personal transformation, which brought about a public authority and influence. If you want to make a public difference, allow him to do, do what you must think You need to allow him to make a very, very personal transformation. And that personal transformation is more than cute sounding principles. Because we can do, you see these very, very cute videos that are on, on Facebook and all over, where you see like these little kids walking and going, I am brave, I am strong, I am beautiful, I am loved, I am worthy. Yes, we can have those that are beautiful, and they are cute, and we can share them around the world, but if we take these principles and these catchphrases that have a shelf life, if we don't tie them to the eternal word of God, when we can seek out what God says about it, it will fade. It will fade and have no power and influence in your life. Because it's not okay to go to a sermon and hashtag XYZ was said. Because it's not about the hashtag, it's about the eternal word of God. I'm not saying never use the hashtag. Hear what I'm saying. Go deeper into what is said. Know. That if you're walking and you're going, I am strong, we can attach it to, to Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous, have I not commanded you? That when we say, I am loved, that we can go to John 3.16, for God so loved the world, for God so loved me, I am part of the whosoever, so I am loved. It is for freedom that he has come and set me free. So guess what? I am free. It is not a principle, it is truth. And could we as believers, could we as believers lean into the training of God that we would not just be committed soldiers, but that we would be fearless warriors walking? The word says, the word says that our God is a warrior. Okay. It says in Exodus 15 verse 3, the Lord is a warrior, Yahweh is his name. It is in your DNA and in my DNA to be a warrior. 
He created us in His image. We're not just cute little pieces on a chessboard. We're here with something so much more. We're here to carry something so much more. A warrior has an authority. They have a commitment. They have a discipline. They have a leaning in. They have a purpose and a call. Not that's theirs, but that for their master. And could we carry the heart of our master and lean in and know that if he is, and I am, I need to get my act together and sort out the stuff. Sort out the stuff that hinders me. Sort out the stuff that so easily entangles me. And not just look at it and leave it there and think, okay, well, I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to pick it up again. No, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to speak the word of God over it and I'm going to say, you know more. And I'm done with it. And then I'm going to say, God, you can use that to set the next person free. I have faced rejection. I have faced abandonment. I have faced all of those things. We've faced so many things. And guess what? There is no shame attached to it. There is no shame attached to it. Why? Because I'm free. Because I'm free. We live in a time where there is a disease that attaches so much shame to it. It's like if you go, oh, okay, okay. You just move on over. What's the acceptable distance? What's the acceptable time period? There's so much shame attached to it. We do exactly the same thing with the world full of sinners. All them just being redeemed now. We treat them like the plague. We have the power. We have the influence. But would you lower your register? Would you get yourself towards yourself? Would you choose to make a difference? Would you stop behaving like children? Ronnie said she's behaving like a great Would we stop it? God says be childlike, but He says get rid of your childish ways.
but that we can also run this good race with freedom. So if there's anything that is entangling you and ensnaring you and holding you back, I want to say to you, we want to pray with you. We need to pray with you. As brothers and sisters, we need to come around and alongside one another. We don't have the answer. We know the one who does. And we will acknowledge your weakness and tell you there is no longer shame. We will see your bondage and we will speak of the deliverance of it. And then you make the choice to walk it out with Jesus and embrace his training so that he can teach you a better way. So Father, I just pray for every heart, those here, those watching online, we would be fools to think that we have it all together. We would be hypocritical to think that we are beyond the need for the redeeming work of our Savior. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and as you highlight things in our hearts and in our minds, things that we need to bring out into the light, things that we need to stop holding on to because we think we're entitled to them or people won't understand. You do understand. And that when we would allow you to come in and to be God, that we truly can say, Hallelujah, I am free. Hallelujah, I am free. May those words, God, just be the song on our heart, Father. Day in and day out, that I can say, Hallelujah, I am free. And if my heart doesn't come into unity with those words, that I will stop and ask the questions why and allow you to bring in the change, Jesus. Father, I pray for every member of our family. Father, I just pray for all the strength and healing and health and wholeness, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, that you are so invested in our lives and that the cross is empty. Two is it.